0: It's the Taking It On with Paula Price podcast with your host, Paula Price. Taking on the issues, representing Jesus Christ, unapologetically truthful, taking on popular opinion, and now your host, Paula Price. staying with me and us getting through hallelujah so I'm going to say it again I said it last time this is not my cloth we talked about this this is not my cloth I'm see from now on when you all leave me out here hanging I'm going to go public See, I've been trying to do it discreet, and see, discreet make folk forget. About that. Say, now, trust me, I'm going to have the finest claw. That thing will ever have bells on it, <laughs> to it tend, tend, <laughs> all gilded up, because we know that I want my cloth. So, are you guys ready to learn about the soul? Yeah. How many of you all ordered? Did you put your order in? All right, put your order in because we're only ordering a limited amount. No, we're not going to just kind of, where is where is my girl? There we go. We're not just going to have them sitting on the shelf. Why? Yeah, and you know what? Thank you. And see, you wouldn't have noticed that if I had my cloth. So there we go. I guess there's an upside and a downside. Oh, man. I am thrilled today to talk about the soul and to, to just ask God to bring us into that place of favor. Am I controlling or are you controlling? It's not working down there? <sighs> I'm going to hit something. <clears throat> Okay, I got that out. And um, so when we do this next month, I'd like to have a two day in advance check so that I could have my stuff working. I am stuff dependent and I like my stuff to work, okay? And I don't like to sit down and be publicly told something that I need doesn't work. And if you think I'm cranky, you're probably right. <laughs> Cause it's the soul Sunday. <laughs> that brings out the crank in everybody. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so actually I think he's have next couple weeks. So you'll be able to run it from like Don't mind. toy with me. I'm, I'm just, don't don't play know. with my feelings. What was, what I was told by Mandy, so. Okay. Well, what was that? <laughs> we probably didn't need that though, huh? <laughs> well, in any event, we're going to enjoy Soul Sunday cause, because God is well able. To get us through whatsoever and whatever, Father, we give you all the praise, we give you the glory and the honor for who you are, what you are, and all that you're getting done. I'm lifting up this session to you, Lord, and I'm thanking you for visiting us in this session, visiting us, Lord, with my words, with your witness, with your spirit, with your wisdom and your insight. I thank you for these people. God bless their hearts and what what they came for, Lord. Let them not leave without taking it with them. In Jesus name. Amen. I figured if you came, you ought to get what you came for. What you think? So you're doing this. Am I right? We, okay. I know we just had that conversation, but I just want to make sure. Do I push my buttons and expect things to happen? (laughs) That's what I was trying to figure out. All right. Next one. And I have animation. So does your machine animate? Okay. Animate for me, girl. To tell you, for those of you who don't know, we started this on a journey. My goodness, I don't even know how long. When we went to Portland, the first time we went to Portland, Oregon, we started the soul of success. I was invited in by the Christian Chamber of Commerce to come and talk about the soul of success or the soul that makes for a successful business person. And so we did the whole thing. It turned out pretty well, and I've been building on it since then. Hey, Rachel, how long ago was that? Ooh. So lunch and learn trip. Right? Lunch and learn trip. Yes, and so um, we lunched. I don't think they lunched much when I finished, but they they we lunched. But the whole the whole idea the, uh, is of this is that the soul of success. Your soul, Hear this important, your talents can take you where your soul can't keep you. And that is something I want you to walk away with in this time. So there are things that you can push your way indoors, you can make things happen, you can go to this or you can rub shoulders with that one, but that doesn't make for success. That just means that for a moment you have access. And so we're going to As we go through it, see, notice how the soul makes a difference between access and success. This is important considering over the last several years, we've been told that our gift will make room for us. And will bring us before great people, great men. And and that's true. Your gift will make room for you, but that doesn't mean it moves you in. How many of us have had that one-chance meeting, that one-in-a-lifetime meeting? Walk away, swear you're going to get it. This is it. I'm going to make it happen. This is my day. This is my time. And that's it. Or you get a second encounter. And the second encounter kind of seals your fate because the people get to see you and and hear you and, and listen to you very, very differently. So you can push yourself in to anything and nobody is is against us having an initiative or even ambition. But you need to know that just when you get in front of great people, they're looking for greatness. And that's something that we don't think about because we're going with our theology. And not with our well-being, not with our capacity or competence or capability. So that's one myth that we destroy here today. You can get in front of great people. I have people who push their way to me and and I'm like, okay, so you have a, you know, some people are just a walking business card. You know, I just, I'm walking, I'm a walking business card. I'm going to tell you what I did and then you're going to believe me at face value and that's going to be it. But that isn't how life works. Great people want to stay great. Does anybody know what that means, what I just said? What does that mean? They want to continue to be at the top, be in that seat, and not be placed out of it. They want to continue to be at the top and be in that seat and not placed out of it. And having a mediocre person who is charismatic and ambitious, but who is not capable or equipped, will diminish us. You know, you get very disturbed because your job is like, we don't want to keep you. Because they're like, if we're top 10, I don't want to be 11. And, and, and so we have to understand that your talents can shine like just new money. But that doesn't mean that they can withstand and endure what you are selling in action. And in these last 20 years in the past, I would like to say in the public sector or the business sector the the hot thing was to just sell yourself just just sell yourself just push yourself then we, and then we took it a little step further and we we paid thousands and thousands of dollars for lying resumes and so business got smart whether well, you have a lying resume I'll have an assessment I'll up you an assessment with my, with your resume and so then they developed assessments that would have to prove or disprove your resume. Why do you think they did that? Because, you know, we can, we can sell ourselves very well, but they want to sell their company, their business, their product. They don't want to sell you. And so now we're, we're, the pendulum is swinging back, and one thing that they don't trust today is what? Resumes. I was talking to someone recently and they said, well, I mean, people could say anything on their resume. I mean. And so they're not impressed with your resume any longer because they realize that your resume does not mean that you will be what you sold. It might as well be a, a, a portrait because that's all, that's all it does. Well, why does that happen? Why is it? Well, so now we have a workforce that people are disillusioned with We have leaders that folks are disenchanted with. And then we have people, uh, uh, professions that used to be our, mm, we used to hold them up the height of our esteem. And we're wondering when they're going to go away. Because in the end, talk can be cheap. And so people want to make sure that what you say about yourself, you really can do. And they will let you go for misrepresenting yourself. That's something they didn't do before. Before, when I was coming up, they, they they gave you training, a little orientation. Now they're like, we don't have the time or the money to invest in correcting your illusion. I th- Did I say that okay? I thought it was pretty nice. I said, wasn't it Wasn't it nice? It's kind of nice. Okay. Well, I'm in so on the next one, there is a, uh, a Proverbs 23, 7 soul of success class. This is why these are soul of success, because you, your soul can get you in a door. You, rather, your talents can get you in a door, but your soul has to support what you do. There are people who say, I want to, you know, oh, gee, I would love to be Chief's armor of Would you? What you want to be is the public face of lifting, lugging, pulling, and toting. And at home, we can't get you to answer the phone. Is that all right to say? Those of us who have armor bearers, is that all right to say? And see, you you only get to not answer my phone twice. After that, I'm done. If I have to send somebody to talk to you, then I might as well go ahead and let them do what you're supposed to do. No. Here's why. All of the stuff that we let go at this level, people at upper levels, they don't have that. They don't have the tolerance we have. They, don't have. they don't care about your kids, your car breaking down or anything. They don't care about that. As a matter of fact, if your car breaks down, they're going to ask you questions like, when last you had a tune-up? How new are your tires? When is the last time you had your car serviced? And you know why they ask you those questions? Because they feel like if your car is essential to you being where they need you to be, it needs to be in good working order. If you plan to be there where you need to be, their attitude is your vehicle should be not be the reason that you don't do what you're supposed to do or you're not there. See, isn't that a new way of thinking? Cause see, we in church, we think well, it's not my fault my car broke down. Yes, it is. Those tires are like, oh, you've been slipping and sliding on those tires for, <laughs> for three seasons. Okay, two winters. She said, okay, that clunk clunk when you turn the wheel has been there for a while. You know the clunk clunk in the wheel. You know you've had that for a while. And I'm saying it again. I don't know why God keeps making me say this, but I'm saying it again. If you need to get your plates and your car legitimized, you need to do it. Because God said, he who is often rebuked and hardens his neck or goes stubborn will fall into calamity and that without remedy. Meaning, I will have no mercy on you. So if you need to get a little payday loan or something, you should pay extra for the money because in, in reality, you yourself caused your problem. So I'm telling you, this is the word of the Lord. I've been saying it for a month now. But something that simple, so that now the person you're attending to has a great moment and you're causing them to miss that great moment because you are out of compliance. Does that help you understand this thing differently? Likewise, your health. You know, you've been walking around with that same toothache, how long? <laughs> At an inopportune time, when the person that you are supposed to serve is to enter their great moment or opportunity, anybody hearing me? You're going to be in a dentist's chair. Because if, if the op- their opposition is going to knock them out, they're going to use what's available and ready. That is what fitness for duty means. And in your mind, it's my body. It's my tooth. I can do what I want. Yeah. But when you lend yourself to someone else's service, it ceases to be your body. Your job doesn't pay you to decide how healthy or unhealthy you should be once you work for them. You see, they pay to own your body for eight hours a day. Mindset, mentality. We're going to talk about those kinds of things. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I like that last part, but the top part is really talking about a person who is pretending to like you. And is serving you, hosting you as a in dinner because they want to get something from you. Promising you everything. But the end is still in the truth. As you think in your heart, so you are. What you think about you determines how you portray you. And you can't get around it. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't it doesn't matter if what you think about yourself is that you are nobody or that you're everybody. It's what you will pro- portray. If you're going to be successful, even if none of this speaks to you, if you're going to be a leader, you still need to know how the human soul and its dynamic works. You still need to be aware. So this this session actually opens the book on the soul. And if you look on your screen, you'll see it says taking control of your soul. We are skipping the whole idea that I have no control over my soul. I can't control my impulses. I can't control my compulsions, obsessions. I can't control my appetites or anything because in the creator's design, it's in your your control. Now, uh, there will be some uncomfortable moments. There will be some frustrations. But ultimately, when you get sick of a thing, you get rid of it. When you get sick of something, you get rid of it. When it begins to cost you, more than you could ever recover from. You get rid of it, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter. People will stay addicted to a thing until it costs them more than the pleasure they got. And when something costs you more than your pleasure or all your pleasures, you look, you look around to get rid of it. All of a sudden, you find you have something very weird called the human will. This little weird, this little weird faculty that nobody really talks about, and that most of most paganism and secularism likes to treat as non existent. But throughout scripture and in life, your will is what will make or break you, and the degree to which you love and lust after your will that is how free or enslaved you'll be. So when you think of your soul, your soul's major conductor is the human will. It is your engineer, it's your orchestrator, it's your conductor, it's your, uh, your um, task prioritizer. Your will's job is to see to it that what you really want happens. That is why you're living the life you will to live. Now, you might say, no, 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 Dr. Price, that, no, because I wouldn't have chosen this. Yeah, you did. You chose it. You chose it when you decided that you wanted to spend this and not pay that. That's a woeful decision. What you didn't choose were the consequences. What you didn't expect were the repercussions. Is that Does that make sense? You chose to get a car you couldn't afford and not get a job that could afford it. <laughs> what? <laughs> See, it's, it's one thing to say I got faith to get the car, but you ought to have equal faith to keep the car. So you have getting faith, but not keeping faith. So you have faith in your acquisitions, but not in retention it's important for you to recognize that so you don't realize you did choose this so now you're upset i can't shop i'm eating eating so-and-so on a shoestring whatever when you think about it or your your decision to not do a project on time or i'm going to get a nap and then i'll wake up and then you don't wake up until it's time to go to work and not only do you not have the project but you're late and it's your sixth time this month And, it's, and, and you're angry with it. Here's a good one that I really think is the one that gets us all until we grow up. And that is your blame shifting, defending and deflecting. Your self-preservation tactics and instincts are so strong, you can't take ownership of anything that is truth. Because your image has become the priority. I don't want you to I don't want people to think how often have you said that you'd rather be wrong and be discovered wrong six months from now to enjoy the moment of portraying what you want people to think. So you are living the life you will just like God. He lives his life the way he wills it. He wills it. You decide I'm not going to the doctors or I'm not going to take my medication or I'm going to take more of my medication or I'm not going to believe God, whatever. But understand, you are living the life you willed because your will is a responder. And its job is to see to it that what your heart says will make you feel good at peace confident, and I can go on, happens, and whatever that looks like, it begins to do this masterful job of concocting, constructing, communicating, forcing, coercing, we can go on, but it'll do that, and you'll know it's doing it if you pay attention because you start having weird dreams that don't make sense. You'll start dreaming that you're having all of these things come in your life that you want. And your present existence doesn't even support that. See, because not every dream is prophetic. I know we like to think they all are. Well, all dreams are prophetic. Yes, yeah, sometimes they're prophetic from God and sometimes they're prophetic from you. And God says your, your heart will cause you to dream a lot of dreams. Because it's full of a lot, but you have other criteria that determines whether or not those things are put on the task list of your will and then how they're prioritized. You think about being a kid, having a crush on somebody and all of a sudden dreaming it. You've you've inseminated your soul to go and get that. So whether, they, whether they're cute, not cute, whether they pay attention to you or not, ultimately they, that thing will move into your realm of impulse and you will impulsively put yourself in their path. You'll impulsively make sure you're there. And eventually your will will get the message and start maneuvering situations, however false or flawed, for you to have that. You didn't fall into sin. You kind of strutted in it, you know, because what you want. I mean, one thing they say, the heart wants what the heart wants. That is true. Unrained, unchecked. One hundred percent pagan, two thousand percent carnal. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. then your heart will do it. But if you live by your wants, you will constantly sabotage your life. Thank you for listening to the Taking It On with Paula Price podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit DrPaulaAPrice.com for resources and training materials for how to think differently and live powerfully. Follow Dr. Price on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Dr. Paula Price. See you next time.